Thank you all so much for those prayers. I am super excited to be here with you all this week. Um, I don't know the majority of you, but it doesn't matter. Uh, There's a, when we're part of the family of God and we have his spirit in us, there's a connection that we can feel even if, even if we're not acquainted and for that, I'm thankful. I was driving up here from Georgia, Montezuma, Georgia. I was driving up here and I was just praying for you all. And, and I was just asking God, um, what is it specifically that you're wanting to do here this weekend or this week? And he spoke some things to me. Um, not going to share all of that right now, but there's one thing in particular that he did speak to me is that that there is more so than some other conferences that I have been at and maybe some of you have been at, that there is going to be a level of maturity, a spiritual maturity, that you don't see at every conference. And that excited me because... Um, I love all youth, saved or unsaved. I don't care. I have a passion for young people. But I really just, I love to see young people pressing into the heart of God. And, and with, just, with just a burning passion to get to know, uh, to, to know their Redeemer, to just get to know Jesus. And, and just, to, just to wade through all of religion and take that the way I mean it. You'll, we'll talk more about that later. But just to, just to wade through all the filth of the world, all the religion that some of us grew up with, and grab on to what is actually true. What is, what is true? What is something that I can build my life on? And, and so as we look into some of those things this week, I'm, I'm excited to share with you. Um, a little bit about myself. We, uh, I have a wife and four children. I wish they could be here. They're not. My wife's trying to finish up homeschooling, and her wife, uh, her sister is here from Colorado, or is in Georgia visiting right now, so I don't know. She may surprise me later in the week. I don't know. Um, It'd be awesome if she would. I'd love for you to be able to meet my family as well. Um, So my wife is Hannah. We've been married for 17 years, and... I have a 15-year-old daughter, Erica, an 11-year-old daughter, Morgan, a 7-year-old daughter, Gianna, and then a 3-year-old son, Beckett. And they're all a blessing, so I wish they would be here, but they're not. Throughout the week, as we get to know each other, um, you're going to find out that I have a definitely a serious side of me when it's time to do business with the Lord, then... I like to see people do business with the Lord. I also enjoy fun. I also enjoy laughing. And so if there's any people here that like jokes at the appropriate time, I do as well. I love laughing. In fact, some of you would know um, Kristen Heron, uh, Nicole Yoder. uh, Some of you at least know them. But we actually have a, a messenger group. We just simply have it called Jokesters. B 
because we're just we're constantly a bunch of us are all sharing sharing corny jokes that we come across and and uh so yeah it's it's I definitely don't want to come across just because I'm going to be here speaking uh I love having fun and um I'm probably a little different in one way in that sometimes people um when they have something physically that they wish would be different they're very sensitive to that, and I'm actually not. Um, I used to be, but uh, I don't know. I have some brothers that are overweight as well, and I wish it wouldn't be that way. But come to the point where I actually I love um, some of my favorite jokes are, you know, fat jokes. I mean, it's just it just doesn't bother me if you have a funny one. I want to hear it. Um, yeah, it's just you know, I mean, we're used to getting on the scale and it just come up one at a time, please, and, you know, and that type of thing. So um, I'm, I may be big enough to have two different personalities, but I actually don't. I just have one. And, but I do love having fun. So we're from, like I said, we're from Georgia, um, down there where one of my Yankee friends says our homes are mobile and our cars aren't. So I don't know whatever that means. Uh, I actually don't live in a mobile home, but I used to. I was thinking, as y'all, did I say something real stupid? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Who's back there? Ah, oh, Daniel. <laughs> no, that's not Daniel. Uh-huh. Okay. No, so... Is that going to say the same thing usually? So if you're doing any jokes, I can see it back there? It should. It should? I'll leave you alone now. Uh, <laughs> um, but as y'all were doing the little icebreaker thing, you were throwing this string back and forth. Um, I was just, I was laughing, watching some of the stuff happening as you all were. And when you, get, when you got to a point where most everybody had a string there was all of a sudden just a real uh, sobering reality hit me. And I, as I looked, I was just kind of looking in the middle, and I saw this string going everywhere. And um, I'm not even sure who the guy is that was standing kind of in the middle. You. And I just I looked, and because there was all the room around, it was just like a spider web all around him. And the thought just hit me, man, there's going to be people in this room this week that are caught up in that same web of lies from the enemy. Every one of us has groups of friends around us. Every one of us have our peers. We have our coworkers. We have our family. Some of us probably come from families that we really wish would be different. We come from youth groups. We come from just simply settings. Uh that there's so many opinions, there's so many voices around us. And see, what was happening back here, some of the people were being asked the same question, but there was different opinions about the same thing. Would you rather live, what was it, rather live in the ocean or whatever the other one was? But some of the different, some of the different things, same question. Different answers. Every one of us are surrounded by people that come from different experiences. 
different type of different paths. And as they speak, and we want them to speak into our lives, but we can all be caught up. We can be so worried about the opinions of others, the fear of man, what are my friends going to think? And, and so we have on one, we have the good side. And over here we have friends that, that are not there for, the, for our, our good and they're not there to build us up. And, and we're worried about what they think and we get caught up in this. And then the enemy starts throwing all these darts and all these lies and we start listening to his voice. And before we know it, we're just caught up in this massive web. And we're saying, where do I even go from here? I don't know um, if the Lord is going to lead me to share my testimony later in the week sometime or not, possibly. Um, that's where I was. And I have, I have a past that I absolutely would not wish on anyone. But I also know that God is a God of redemption. God is a God who heals, who restores. And so as I was thinking about that, as, as I was thinking about that, that some of you are going to be, that some of us in this room very likely are caught up in that web and just like, God, where do I even go? That the same God that has redeemed my life and has redeemed my marriage is the same God that wants to bring healing to every single person in this room. My guess is there's some of you that come from homes where there's been what should have been a safe place. There's been hurt, abuse. I hope not. But you know what? You're not alone if it is. If that's where you are, God just wants to heal it this week. doesn't want to isolate you. He wants to heal it. And so... I'm just excited to see what God wants to do. I just beg of you this week, let's just be vulnerable. Let's not put on, let's not put on masks this week. Let's just see what God wants to do. I want you to know that I'm not here because I have it all together. Definitely a work in progress. And I'm not here because my past is great. Like I said, I'm simply a work of redemption. I'm definitely not one that has all the answers. Every single day, I need the Holy Spirit to guide me and to show me what He wants for my life, first of all, but also for my family and for our youth group and for my workers, the the employees that I have. For everything, I need the Holy Spirit every single day. And I want you to know that I'm certainly not here because I felt obligated to be here or that I felt like it was like, Oh boy, got to go do that. Because of our past, because of my past, because of just the work that God has done in us, and He's been so faithful. Because of that, uh, my wife and I just really have a passion for youth. And just to see, just to walk alongside young people. And for those that haven't made the mistakes that we have, to be able to help you avoid them. And for those that have, if there's some that have, to be able just to show, show you the way back, show you what healing looks like, show you what redemption looks like. So to start, let's, uh, let's just turn to Psalm 139. If you have your Bible or your phone, whatever you 
Let's turn to Psalm 139 to start. And there's something else I'm just going to, I know um, Michael had said originally that, I think he said have around an hour, I I don't know. But I just want to tell you right now um, that I don't know what, I don't know what every session is going to even be about. The Lord has put a lot of things in my heart. And each day I'm simply going to share what he put on my heart. And if that takes 10 minutes, after 10 minutes I'm going to be done. If it takes a full hour, then we'll go the hour. But I'd rather have 10 minutes spoken from the Spirit and from the heart than an hour of just planned out stuff because that was the amount of time. So I hope you're all okay with that. So let's start with Psalm 139. Um, I'm I'm just going to take the time just to read it all, and I'm going to be reading uh, out of a King James Version. Some of you may have different versions. I use other versions sometimes, but but just let these these words just uh, minister to you. As, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell... Behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike alike to thee. If there's any sin in the room, you feel safe right now? The darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. That dark part of your heart, dark part of my heart that I think is hidden. He sees it just as well if it's broad daylight. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Those wounds that you think you're hiding right now, you know that there's one. I can't see him unless the Lord reveals it. And sometimes he does. Sometimes he chooses to speak and show someone the wounds that I have. The wounds that you have. And he may do that. But I just want to just want us to remember that whether it's sin, whether it's wounds, whether there's, if there's things in our hearts that we just really don't want anyone to get into this week. Just know it's just it's just a daylight to God. The dark, the night shineth as a day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And I can I read this verse, and you know what? I believe this verse. Even though I'm overweight and I've been overweight all my life. I believe this verse. I'm fit, maybe it's mainly fearfully made. I don't know. But I also believe I'm wonderfully made. Because he made me. 
and he made you in his image. And simply because of that, you have value. It doesn't matter if you, if you, wish, if you wish you could change every single thing about your physical appearance. You're perfect. The way God made you. He made you body, soul, and spirit. He made you in his image. And if it was you there instead of Adam and Eve, he would say, and it was very good. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes to see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them with my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I hope this, I hope this afternoon that every one of your prayers are simply this, that the Lord this week would simply, through the working of the Holy Spirit, and through other people speaking into your lives, that the this, that this spotlight of His Word, that the spotlight of truth would shine into your heart, would shine into your life, and reveal those things that you did not want anybody to dig up. Why? Not because we want it to be a painful weekend. It's because we don't want anyone to go home I know the staff, I know those that have put so much time into this. They want you to go home different than what you came. They want at the end of this week for you to be walking in a freedom and in a joy that you've never experienced before. I know that's their heart. So I just want to ask you, if there's anyone here this morning that for whatever reason just feels like there's just so many things that they wish they'd be different, whether... It's anything to do with your physical appearance, whether it's the family you came from, whether it's the circumstances you're in now or the circumstances that has shaped your life and molded your life and those, those things of your past that you wish could be different. I just want to remind you, according to the Word of God, according to Psalm 139, is that the fact that the same God that simply said, let there be light, just breathed it out. And here's the sun and the moon and stars. And he he just breathed out the galaxies. And to know that that same God cares about you this afternoon. Don't look around at all the popular people. You. Don't look at those that feel like someone else has it together more than you. You. Psalm 139 is for you. It's for me. Personalize it. The God that breathed out all of creation and the God that calls every star by name loves you, has a specific plan and purpose for you here on this earth. And he had that before the world was ever formed.
Before you were ever born, he had that all written out. But you know, so often, because of my circumstances, I don't walk in that. And I just, I get away from that. And he's so, he, he, he's so loving. He's such a loving father. He just, he just wants us to come back and walk in it. And he, he, he just, he wants to bless us so much. And he's just saying, here's the plan. Will you just walk in it? This is, this is what I created you for. But, but God, this, this, this thing I can't give up, this hurt that I can't let anybody know about, this abuse that's happened to me, this pain that I have. And God's just saying, just bring it to me. I want it. And, and we, we don't do that. So often we don't do that. The God that not only is in eternity, but inhabits all of eternity, knows every single detail about you already, including down to the hairs on our head. That, that blows my mind. I mean, I have no idea if I have, I have no idea if I had 2,000 hairs and if there's 80 people. And you multiply that times, if we'd all have 2,000 hair, probably way more than that, but whatever. And that's just in this little room. And every single person that he's ever created, he knows the exact number of hairs on their head. I, I, I don't know, just the God that set the earth in orbit to the point where over 6,000 years he set, ago he set it in orbit, and yet they can tell down to the second what's going to happen. Why? Because he holds it in his hand. And he's that powerful. And that God, listen to this, that same God, how precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more than the sand. All of a sudden, when we start thinking about that, all of a sudden our insignificance just kind of fades away. And it's not that I'm anything of myself, but it's because of the creator that I had. And it's because of the God that loves me. And it's because of that creator God that knows so much and is so concerned with every detail of my life. And it's because that creator God loved me so much that he said, you know, the enemy came in and the enemy put a wall between a holy God and, and his creation. And he said, this will not happen to my creation. I am going to make a way for that wall to be taken away through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give the best, the only thing I have to redeem that. And I'm going to give my son to come down and humble himself. That God humble himself to come here and walk this mess out just like we do. Why? So that you can be in relation with him. That's why. That was the only reason. Blows my mind. Saying God has given us so many promises. The problem is, we also have an enemy that knows those promises. He's heard it spoken. The enemy knows this scripture very well. He knows God's promise to us. And he doesn't want it to happen. That plan that God had before the creation, 
He doesn't want it to happen for any of you. And he's been doing his level best to derail that plan. He's been doing his level best, not just in your life, but in your surroundings, in your, among your peers, among your family, among your circumstances. He has been doing his absolute best to derail that plan. What are we going to do about it? We have a choice. <clears throat> this week, we just simply want to look at some of that. So many times we allow things to distract us, to consume our time, take our devotion, and ultimately keeps us from entering into the promised land of rest. And when I say the promised land of rest, some of the time if you're like, I have, well, there's still times I feel that way, but for sure in the past there have been times I felt like the only time that I'm really going to be, like feel, really feel at rest is, Oh, when someday I actually make it and I take my last breath and now I'm in heaven. Now I can finally rest. But I'm going to tell you, there is a Sabbath rest that God has for every one of you. And that is to realize that the victory has been won, that the enemy is defeated, and through the power of Christ, he is under your feet. Not because of your power, not because of your willpower, not because of anything we can muster up of ourselves, but because Jesus defeated him, he is, we can walk on the enemy. And when that happens, all of a sudden, there's a rest that we feel in our spirit. Does it mean we don't fight? No, it doesn't mean we don't still have to fight. But we enter that rest. We allow anything from entertainment, hobbies, occupation, career goals, fear, and even religion to keep us from experiencing the abundant life and walking in heaven's authority. And I want to be very clear about this. You may at different times hear me say something about religion. I want you to know I am not. I have not had, I'm not going to say that all my church experiences in the past. I grew up beachy Mennonite. I'm not saying that all of my experiences have been great. But I want, to, I want you to understand, you'll, you'll know by the end of the week, that I am not talking about religion from a standpoint of I'm a man that has been hurt in the past by church and speaking out against that. I want to be very clear about that. I'm going to tell you, even though I, uh, we attend uh, Word of Life Christian Fellowship and we don't have standards or man-made rules of the way I grew up with and all that. But I want you to know that religion can get me where I am right now just as much as it ever has in the past growing up in a church that was very strict. You know what that looks like? All right, well, a Christian is supposed to have read their Bible every day, so I'm going to open the Word of God and I'm going to read a chapter. All right, well, I read it now. Oh, I need to pray too, so I'm going to pray. I'm done for the day. And we never once spent time pursuing a relationship. It was all about just what I did. How many of you can relate to that? Any of you? You see, religion is so much more than standards. Than, and I have no idea how you all grew up. I don't care whether you came from a strict church, whether you came from, had a strict dad. Or whether you were always one that was trying, was so disciplined because you knew it was the right thing to do. So it's kind of like, you, oh, you can just put a check beside it. It's, it's so much bigger than that. So that's some of what I'm talking about when I talk about religion. Um, 
in Joel chapter 2, well, I'm actually just, in, in Joel chapter 2, there was a prophecy that then in Acts chapter 2 was fulfilled. And I just want to just read a couple of verses. And I'm just going to be honest. I cannot speak for one of you. I can only speak for myself. But this passage is a passage that I never, I didn't hear much teaching on. I didn't hear much about growing up. And that is where it was, this exact prophecy was given in Joel chapter 2. And now in Acts chapter 2, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and by the way, this is the day of Pentecost, and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And here's a prophecy. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke, vapor of smoke. Uh, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now there was parts of this I would hear I would hear sermons on what happened to the day of Pentecost. Great oh and then you know the Holy Spirit's power came on them, they went out, did all this stuff. But it was never applied to us today. So I didn't know. I mean I should have studied it myself, but I didn't know. I didn't know that was supposed to be for me really. I didn't know, I mean, because after all, all of these things, the spiritual gifts and all that was something that happened back there. But as the Lord started, just the last number of years started working in us and just, and we started saying things about, Lord, we didn't see that coming. We didn't even know this was possible. And yet all of a sudden, the Lord started putting people right there in front of us and bringing people to my wife and I. We had never heard, seen, been taught anything about spiritual warfare. And all at once there's people being brought to us that are that have demonic activity and stuff going on in their lives. And we're like, well, we don't know what to do. And so we started actually just believing the word of God. That he says, I'll give you power to cast out demons. I'll give you power to tread on the enemy. Okay, well, Lord... What would that look like if it's actually true? And so we just took the word of God and we just started applying it. And we saw people being set free. And it was just, it was incredible. I'll just give one example. There was a lady, uh, there was a young lady that came, just showed up at, well I should say showed up our church one Sunday. She had actually met, those of you that know Kristen Heron, her father had written a book and somehow a girl, well, either written a book or maybe it was a blog. I'm not sure. But she had seen some of the writings of, of, of Kristen's dad. 
And the girl was from England. And the Lord had called her to go to Mexico, up in the mountains, somewhere in Mexico, indefinitely. There's no mission there. There was no one else there she knew. All she knew is that the Lord had given a picture of where it is and the people, and, and had just showed her what it is and said, you're to go. She had no idea if it would be the first day she walks in that she's killed, if she'd be there till she's 80 years old. She had no idea all she knew. But she did know that before she goes, though, she wants to meet this man that she had been reading some of this stuff. So that's how she got to Montezuma. That Sunday morning she was at church. And just a a sweet young lady, I think 23 or something like that. And um, we knew she was, uh, I mean, yeah, we knew she was born again. It's her testimony. And, but that afternoon, after the service, she said, I'd like to meet with a few ladies today, this afternoon, if I could, just to talk to them. So my wife and a few other ladies met with her that afternoon. And, and she started sharing. And she shared some of, her, some of her story with them. And they prayed through some things. And, well, then that evening we had... Um, we had a program at our church, and there was um, a singing group or something there. And she said right after the service, she said, something is not right. She said, Some, I need help. She said, during the singing, while, while there was singing going on, all of a sudden there was just loud, like this laughing voice in my head, just a mocking, evil laugh. And she said, I couldn't hardly see because it was like black tar dripping down over my eyes. It was just, it was just awful. And, so she asked if some of us could pray with her, pray through this. And so we, we went out to one of the, one of the rooms there in the back, uh, another one of the pastors and several of us, and we gathered with her there. And we heard more of her story. When she was a young child, her, her mom and dad were both Satan worshipers. And she had actually had, in their, some, in their worship, they actually had, satanic rituals done over her um, as a child. But then fast forward a number of years, um, several years prior to her coming there, she, had, she was born again. She found Christ and, and, um, you know, and was, living a, was living a good life. But as we, as we were there and we started talking through some of this, all, all of a sudden there would literally there would be like a going from just this broken, sweet Christian girl to all at once a wicked laugh come out of her that we knew was not her. It, well, in the flesh it terrified me. I'd never seen anything like it. It was only something you'd read in books. And here it was, sitting right in front of us. And this would happen for a little bit, and we would take authority over that through Christ and all, and it just and it would go quiet. And then here she is, just crying out, "Father, just deliver me from this." Tears just running down her face. But that night we found some. She found some freedom, a little bit. But it was a process over the next four days, from Sunday till Thursday. It was a process of the Lord revealing more and more. Things that she didn't even know about from her past of her parents and satanic rituals and things that needed to be broken off through the power of Christ. 
And here she was staying at Kristen's place. And Kristen, along with a couple of others, just praying through these things and breaking them off one by one. And that Thursday, four days later, she became free of the last, the strongest of whatever was there. I wasn't there at the time, so I don't know even exactly what it was. But I do know when that power was broken, she literally threw up black something and was free. It was beautiful. Why am I saying that? Am I saying that to bring fear to anybody? Absolutely not. I'm just simply here to let you know that Satan is a defeated foe. And that through the power of Jesus Christ, you and I, when we walk in the Spirit and when we walk in holiness, we can walk in that. And I want to ask you, do you believe Acts chapter 2? So, see, here's what happened to me. I read about this. Well, this happened at the day of Pentecost. But all of a sudden I started looking. I said, well, now what am I going to do with verse 21? And it, Because I'd been taught this was all back then. And all of a sudden I read 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm like, well, hold on. That's happening today. So if that's for us, why isn't the rest of it? So I just want to ask you, do you believe it? See, here's the thing. I want to see. I can't, I'm so passionate about seeing a generation rise up, know who they are in Christ, to walk in the authority and the purpose and the plan that God has created you for, to grab a hold of that and to, yes, to walk in heaven's authority. But I'm going to tell you the problem with the majority of where this is being taught today, I've been to conferences where they're just told, just go out and prophesy. Just go out and trample over the enemy. And yet, Monday through Saturday, they're not walking holy lives. They're not living in holiness. And I'm going to tell you, this power will not come without first walking in holiness. Ask me, do I believe in Acts chapter 2? Absolutely. Do I believe that spiritual gifts are for today? Absolutely. After full surrender. After full transparency. After allowing God to come in and visit every corner of my heart. After allowing others that he sends to come open up their heart and expose everything in there. Because you know what? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about those around you. It's about Him. We're here for His glory. And until we're living for His glory, we'll never experience the good that He's planned for us. So I want to ask you today, why do we not see this? Why are there not enough of us? By the way, I don't I have no idea what time it is. Or what time am I supposed to be done, Mike? It's 10 after 2 now. I don't know. Is there a certain time it's supposed to be done? Okay. I won't take that long. All right. So I just want to ask you, if you have not been experiencing that in your life, 
if your group of friends, if your peers have not been walking in that, why not? I'm not here to shame you. I'm still not walking in it like I want to. But I just ask, why not? It's not God's fault. He's faithful. It's not that the blood has lost its power. It's not that the blood has lost its cleansing power. It's not that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, when he came out of that grave, that the, that the enemy is no longer defeated. It's not that. It's the, the plans that God had for us have been derailed by the enemy. And so how do we get back there again? So I want to ask you, is it possible for you to walk in that today? All throughout history, there have been things that the enemy brings to keep us from being in an intimate relationship with Jehovah God. And I've just gotten to the point where I'm just not okay with that anymore. I lived in it too long. And again, I may share some of that later. All throughout history, there have been things that have God keep us from being able to be in an intimate relationship with Jehovah, and this is not his plan. We do not, you, personalize it, you do not have to accept failure as an option or as the normal. I want you to get that. Do not accept failure as normal or honestly as even an option. When you And I can speak from experience. When I accepted the fact that this is normal, I was buying in. I was allowing the enemy to lay that thing right there on the tracks that was going to derail me. And it was by my own choosing. Whatever it is that is keeping you from walking in freedom, Jesus died for that. And he rose again for that. He died to change that. He rose with power over all of these enemies of our soul. Today, he is wanting us to agree with him and realize that even though the enemy may still threaten and try to strike terror in the camp, the victory has already been won. Romans 8, 35, 37 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? You see, my guess is that there's some of us in this room today that would make excuses. Well, it's because of this and this and this of our past, either of our own choosing or circumstances that were beyond our control. Well, who who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. No, in all these things, we are barely squeezing by. No, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, my past, the future, nothing, nothing, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I would say this week, let's allow God... Hey, would it be asking too much for you just to come up and play the keyboard for a bit? Oh, was that? Was some, 
Was that you? I'm sorry. You. Somebody. Would there a keyboard player just come up and just play something just softly? I should have given you a heads up. I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> but this week, I just, I just want us just to allow God through the Holy Spirit. Because remember, he said that in the last days, he's going to do it. That started at the day of Pentecost, and it's still going out now. It's still going on now. That he wants to just pour his spirit out. He wants to be able to minister and speak to you through the Holy Spirit. And just allow him to show you, to show me, what has been keeping us from experiencing everything. Everything he has planned for you. I just want you just to close your eyes. Don't worry about the people beside you. Just close your eyes. And I want to say this to this week, at least any time while I'm speaking, I want you to feel free. If you need to go to the altar, the altar is open now. If, and I know we'll be going to small groups and stuff then, but if, they, if, if you want to go to the altar now, if you want to get on your knees, whatever, I just I want you to be free. But I just want us to take time to allow the Father to speak to us concerning our biggest enemies. And Father, now I just pray that through the work of the Holy Spirit, God, that for each one of us here in this room that is is not experiencing uh, just the fullness of, of everything that you have to offer, and maybe we're even confused about what's going on. We, we don't even know why we're not experiencing it, but we just know that something's not right. And maybe for others, there's some of us that just have pain that we just can't let go of. We, we can't let someone else see into that because of what they'll think about us and just the shame that it brings. Or maybe there's something that I just can't give up. There's a relationship that I know is not as it should be, and there's, there's things that I'm doing in secret that I know are keeping me from walking in holiness, and yet I can't let anyone in there because it brings so much shame. God, I ask you to do what only you can do. There's no words I can speak to persuade anyone, but Father, I know that the Holy Spirit is faithful. And I know that the enemy is a lie. Satan is a lie. Fear is a lie. And so, God, if there's someone here, even now, that you're speaking to, I pray that today, that right now, a decision would be made to simply open their heart, for you to open their heart and do surgery. your eyes still closed, I just want to ask you what was the biggest thing that almost kept you from coming? What was the biggest thing that you thought, well, if someone would find that out, if someone would know that about me, And I want you just to be asking God these questions. Are you what 
you know God has asked you to be? Are you where you know God wants you? And I don't just mean in the church, in the community. I mean spiritually. Are you where you know God wants you? And are you walking in victory? Are you walking in authority and freedom? If not, what's keeping you from it? What are the things that are keeping you from being all that you know God wants you to be? While you're praying, I just want to read some verses over you. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now I want you to get this. I want you to imagine, I want to ask you, What is the biggest thing? You knowing where you are right now. You knowing your circumstances. You knowing everything about yourself that you know right now. What is something crazy, like radical, that you think God could possibly do for you if you would just let him? What have you wished that God would do for you that you've seen him do in others? What are the things that you have prayed for regarding strongholds in your life? What are the chains that have been holding you back that you have wished you could be free from? Listen to Ephesians 3.20 and 21. Now to him, and make sure you know what you think is very radical. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And you can keep praying or you can look up. I don't care. But I just want to tell you this afternoon that whatever it was that you thought, maybe, could God possibly do this in my life because I've seen him do it in someone else? I want to tell him, yes, he can. But he won't just do that. If you just allow him, he'll do exceeding abundantly more than that. He'll say, no, that's not enough. I have more for you. I want you to even walk in more fullness. I want, I want to do even more than that. Why? Because I love you. And it's a step of faith, I know. 
It is a step of faith because sometimes to just open up our heart hurts so bad. I know. But I want you to I want you just to think about Peter when he's out there on the boat and he saw Jesus walking on the water there. You know, he did not know that he could walk on water until he stepped out. And so many times God's saying, if you would just step out of the boat. If you'll just take that step of faith. You can't walk on water in a boat. Peter had to step out. I want to think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they're there and as the king gave them commands to bow down to the idol. And they stood there and just said, just like, well, no. And the, so they go to the king and they say, hey, these three men aren't bowing down. The king gave them a second chance. I don't think he was real eager to throw them into the fire. So he gives them a second chance. And then when they didn't this time, he became very angry. Or when they answered him, he, he became very angry. You see, they could have compromised right then. They could have said, oh, we're not going to bow down. I mean, we'll bow down, but we're just not going to worship. We won't pray. We'll just bow down so we don't stand out. Or they could have said, well, we're in a strange land, and this is kind of their custom. This is what the king said. But no, they didn't compromise. They stepped out. They took that step of faith. By standing on what they knew was the right thing to do, the power of God was able to be released and the glory of God was seen by many people. And because of their boldness, everyone was also freed from the decree of the king to worship the idol. And he commanded that everyone worship their God. God received his glory from their decision, from their stepping out in faith. Does this happen in my life? Does it happen in your life? The fourth man in the fire would have never showed up had they not taken that step of faith. The power of God would have never been on display had they not taken that step. Had they compromised for one minute, God couldn't have come through. So I'm just going to ask you, are you going to compromise today? Have you been living a life of compromise? Have you been living a life... double standards not sure really how I want to close this session but um, I think we're just going to we're just going to leave it with that I don't want you to Whatever the Lord is saying to you, I don't want you to forget it. I want you to, as you go to, whenever you go to small groups, whenever you go to prayer, whenever you have your time alone with God, whatever he was speaking to you through this time, go ahead and open up your heart. Go ahead and let him start doing surgery right now, because I promise you, if he was already there, and the Holy Spirit was just knocking on a part of your, on a door of your heart that you were just forcing shut. Just, no, no, I won't. I can't. Guess what? It's only going to get worse. As the week goes on, it's just going to get worse. 
And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. Because we don't want sin to be comfortable here. We don't want the enemy's territory to feel normal here. We don't want the enemy's strongholds to feel like they're okay here. So throughout the week, if there's someone trying to hold that door shut, I just say, lay it on. Go ahead. Go ahead and let him deal with it because it'll just get worse. And you'll just get so much more out of the weekend. And just go ahead and deal with it. Start letting that fourth man show up in the fire. Start walking on water. Let God free you so that, why? So that the glory will point to him. Because in my life, my testimony is simply this. My history has become his story for the glory of God. I don't consider it my story. I don't, it, it is his story. And it's not pretty, a lot of it. But then one day, my wife and I decided to give him the paintbrush and let him do with our lives whatever he wanted to. And it looks a lot different today than what it did. So I just want to bless you all. Um, I just I just can't I just can't say enough how special it is to be able to be here and just to share this week with you. Um, I want to be open. I want to have fun with you. I want to joke around with you this week. But I also want to just be open at any time. If somebody just wants to talk, just feel free. I'm I'm here. I don't have my wife and children here to to take up my time. That sounds bad, but you know what I mean. Um, I wish they were here because y'all would love my wife and my children. But uh, just want to be available this week. Michael, David, I'm sure who's, but I'll turn the time over to them. Thank you all, and God bless you.